Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Welcome, welcome, ladies, to today's episode of the podcast, The Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. I'm so glad that you are listening today. It's uh, uh, a beautiful day where I am. So I don't know what time of the day it is at yours, but no matter where you are, I think you make a great decision to listen to this podcast that I do today with uh, one of the ladies. And I'll talk a little bit more about her in a minute. So yes, if you decided to listen, that means that you are looking into the topic and uh, the area of retiring. And I hope that this presentation and the others that I all did in the past are helping you to plan and prepare for that next chapter in your life. And I know we have listeners here in the United States or and in Canada, but also in Europe and in Australia and China even. So it's a worldwide audience. And I'm so glad about that. So um, if you have not, if this is your first time, I'm Maria Lucas, I'm a certified retirement coach, and I help women find joy and meaning in retirement. And ideally, we make those plans before we start that next phase in our life. So after working for over 40 years, I now am able to do what I want, when I want it, and where I want, because I retired from my full-time job just now in May. So that's fairly recent, and I'm enjoying my life. Um, at the same time, I have seen that how uh, opening up about this next chapter has given other women uh, a new perspective about retiring. So I am compelled to use my voice to bring awareness and to make, motivate women to choose a vibrant lifestyle in their next chapter. That is what I feel the legacy that I like to leave. So um, if you are ready to go from boredom to flourishing in your next chapter, then I can offer you a 90-day group program. And that's called Next Chapter Roadmap. Um, we start again in August. So if you are interested, you can send me an email at maria at blissful-retirement.com and we'll talk about that 90-day program. It can help you to unlock your activity blocks, turn ideas into action, and start creating that happy retirement lifestyle that you want for you now in 2023 and beyond. So that said, I am... Um, Today, we're going to talk with a lady 
who found her purpose by doing a long kayak trip along the Mississippi. So the whole Mississippi down from where it started in Minnesota to down in, um, I think it's New Orleans, where it goes into the sea, but that's a long trip. So we're going to talk to her about what that, uh, how that impacted her life. But before we do that, I want to do my monthly affirmation. So for anybody who doesn't know what an affirmation is, it's the beginning point on a path to change. In essence, you are saying to your subconscious mind, I am taking responsibility. I'm aware that there is something I can do to change. And when I talk about doing affirmations, I mean consciously choosing words that will either help eliminate something from your life or help create something new in your life. So today's affirmation is, I give myself permission to do what is right for me. And with that, I mean that we always, not always, but often we compare ourselves, our lives with um, other people. And we might think, okay, the other might be more happier, more luckier, have uh, more financial means, uh, be healthier, whatever it is, but we need to look what is good for us, where we feel happy and um, proud about what we want to do in our life. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I give myself permission to do what is right for me. So um, if you... Um, are uh, ready, then I'm going to introduce to you now our speaker of today, and her name is Barb Geiger. Hello, Barbara. How are you? Hello, Maria. I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. Um, I'm excited to talk with you because when I saw your post on Facebook about a trip that you made and the book. I, I'm reading it right now. And I thought, oh my God, that mm -hmm. is an experience of a lifetime. And sometimes we need to wait to that for that to happen until we retire and then finally have time to do something that we like to do or what in your case might be quite challenging to do too. So before we dive into the questions, I wanted to quickly give an, uh, uh, some more information by reading your bio so that the listener has an idea of to who I'm talking. So Bob Geiger grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where she developed her love of the outdoors. She spent much of her free time swimming, sailing, camping, and biking. And she attributes her problem-solving skills to growing up between two brothers and her optimism to remaining a Green Bay Packers fan throughout the 1970s and 80s. She devoted her career to teaching elementary school in Two Rivers and Waukesha, both in Wisconsin, 
and she became interested in STEM education, which she taught in the last years of teaching, helping to start the Wokesha STEM Academy Charter School. And I had to look up STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths, just in case that is a new word for you. So uh, after she retired in 2012, uh, she has not really slowed down because she and her husband, Jeannie, they kayaked from the headwaters of the Mississippi to the Gulf of Mexico in a tandem kayak they built themselves. And along the way, they stopped in small towns to do volunteer work. Amazing. So we're going to hear a lot about this, and I hope it will inspire you to look what is possible in your life. She wrote a memoir about a trip, which is called A Paddle for a Purpose, and she won a first place Pencroft Award for literary excellence. Isn't that amazing? You write a memoir and you get a first place award for it. I love that. So she has some more things in uh, planning for the future, and we will find out about that later. So um, I would like to uh, say one more time, welcome, welcome, uh, Bob, to our episode today, to our podcast and talking about what um, did uh, plan uh, or help you plan for this big trip? How did you get the idea of going on this adventure of a lifetime? I don't know how long it was, uh, but it seemed for a couple of months. So tell us a little bit more how this came about. Thank you, Maria. I will. I'd like to thank you for having me um, and for what you do, because I think that's a very important calling. And I also like to say greetings to your listeners, no matter where they are. I hear you have a big audience around the world. Happy to meet them virtually. Yeah. Um, when I retired, I thought that I would finish a kayak that I had begun years ago. And then my husband and I would enjoy leisurely paddles during the day and picnics in the lakes that are around us. But what happened is that when we took the boat, which we finally finished, and put it in the water, that same day, my husband had the idea that we should go down the Mississippi with it. And I was not totally on board. I was looking forward to a relaxing retirement. I was I thought I was finished with camping and sleeping on mattresses um, and tenting. But in church, I heard a whisper that it would be a good idea to take this trip and to stop in small towns and just bring the love of God out of the church into charity organizations up and down the river. And that made a huge difference in how much I wanted to do it and how I felt about it. It became a calling for me and for Jean, and both of us then set about to make that happen. It was about five months and we stopped at about two dozen different charities and stayed with them for a day or two to learn what they do and why, and then to blog about what they do and connect our followers to those charities. 
Okay, yes, uh, because um, it, uh, it initially, of course, things like that sound, um, what shall I say, something for, for other people. I'm always I'm amazed what people can do if they put their mind to it, like climbing mountains or like you did uh, four or five months, a kayak tour or a bicycle rides or whatever it is. But if you know you have to do something for four or five months every single day, no matter what the weather is, um, it can be cold, it can be warm. Um, it Probably it's going to be more as just a few hours. It can be eight, nine hours if you are unlucky. So yes, to make that commitment to do that for such a long time, um, that is a, a big piece of, I don't know, um, not everybody can do that. Committing to do that kind of activity for such a long time. How did you see that? I mean, um, once you got the message from uh, that this could be something more as just the physical activity and the pleasure of seeing different cities, how did you come up about doing the volunteering and um, on the trip to make it for you worthwhile? And um, also for following the message that you got that you had to do this? Well, thank you for asking. Um, my faith has always been important to me. And when I felt the call to do that, to add volunteer work and to add recognition for the charities, I didn't immediately say anything to my husband because he was in it. He really was interested in the adventure from the get-go. Um, for me, it took a little bit more than that. But when I came home from church, I was busy working in another room and he came in and he said, I got a message in church that we should put charity work with this trip. And right then I felt that that was validation of a call from God for us to do this trip. And because of that, that changed my whole perspective. And I wanted to do it. I wanted to follow the suggestion um, I trusted that it was a message from God. We also went to my pastor and we told him about it. And he said, the fingerprints of God are all over this. And so that was another validation that we really were meant to do it. And then during the trip, we had other validations as well from other people and from events that happened during the trip that um, were synchronized and fell into place. And so we felt the whole way that um, we were giving the rudder to God as it be. Yes, um, that is the um, belief and the power, really, of uh, having faith in what is happening in your life and um, surrendering to what the what God wants for you and, and then say, okay, if this is what is in the plan for my life to uh, uh, do whatever it, uh, it takes and what it requires to, um, to do 
the specific activity or event that um, is planned for you in your life. So this is not something that you can do and start off tomorrow. So you have to do a lot of preparation for this specific event. So what kind of um, things and how did you come up with um, the food and um, places to stay and, and things like that? Well, you're right about that. We took almost a year to prepare. The first thing we had to do was to decide when we were going to leave. So we had to check the weather and, and the water depth and try to find the best time of year to leave from the headwaters um, and then proceed down a river that gets larger and larger and larger and larger as you go. Um, we also had to create a website and I had to learn how to blog because I had never done that before. Um, we had to learn how to use social media to get followers. Uh, we had to learn how to dehydrate our own food and then we vacuum sealed it into one pot meals that we could rehydrate with only boiling water. And then we had to practice. We had to navigate the channel and the barges and the locks and so we went out to the Mississippi to practice a couple times. And then we had to also set up the charities so that we know where we were going to stop and when, at least for the first half of the trip. And then from then on, we sort of played it by ear because we were much more comfortable with finding charities and talking to people from the river, communicating with cell phones about what's going to happen next. A basic that, uh, yeah. That's uh, a, a year seems like a long time, but <laughs> being on the water uh, for so many days, weeks, and months even, um, you need to be prepared well uh, to make it safe for you. And um, my, my guess is, um, as you mentioned in the beginning, just thinking about that, uh, you can't sleep in a bed every night that you uh, sometimes sleep at a camping ground, which doesn't have any facilities just because there is nothing else uh, mm -hmm. around. But you you need to make a, a, a stop for the for the night. So that are things that, um, of course, you know, it's only going to temporary. But on the other hand, it could uh be something that would say, okay, I don't like that, so I'm not going to do it. And you had your face helping you to get over this obstacle from, okay, I'm not going to be always in my comfort zone. So how did you handle um, to be with your husband in this small <laughs> boat for, well, I don't want to say 24-7, uh, but um, maybe six, seven, ten hours a day. Um, how did that go? Well, it went amazingly smoothly, actually. I was concerned about that before we went because I tend to get hurt if someone is sarcastic with me or if someone um, is teasing me about something. And I thought, you know, my husband's a lot stronger than I am and I just don't want to be in a situation where I feel hurt. I know he wouldn't want me to be. Um, and so I figured we had to work some things out before we went. 
Um, we both read a book which helped a lot. It was called A Complaint-Free World. It's written by Will Bowen, B-O-W-E-N. And it talks about how important it is to be positive. And, you know, I think a lot of us think we're positive most of the time. Yeah. But when we really think about it, um, I found that I did complain more than I thought that I did. And so we both committed to not complain complaining, not teasing, um, not making fun of someone else, not or not um, complaining about someone not working as hard as someone else. We just both agreed that we were going to do whatever we could to make it work. It was about halfway through the trip when we discovered that a tandem kayak has a nickname. It's called a divorce boat. <laughs> we oh, didn't wow. know that before we left, which is a good thing, probably. Um, because you are together a lot, 24-7. But I think by not complaining and by resolving to watch ourselves and to work as a team, um, we switched positions in the boat every two days so that both of us got to steer and both of us got to be a lookout. Um, we tried to make things as even as we could, and we had places for everything, and we both tried to put everything back so neither one of us got upset at the other one for not putting things where they belong. Um, and I think we both made a concerted effort during the entire trip and it actually brought us much closer. Yes, uh, the, uh, the working as a team is uh, definitely something that you need for such a long, a long trip together um, because you need to be able to get the things done and to get them done um, in in, a, uh, in the proper way, swiftly, without uh, having to talk a lot about it. Uh, you need to know kind of uh, what you need to do and you need to be able to trust each other uh, that the other person is doing what needs to be done too in order to make it work. And I like that you said, Okay, we switched roles uh, every two days so that we we both had the different positions of what needed to be done because uh, they require different uh, functionality of you from what you are doing. Um, if you're in, in, in the front or in the, in the back, there's different... Um, things that you are responsible for yeah that being feeling responsible together i think is a is a, something that is important if you do this kind of longer um events together um so what were some of the challenges that you had during the trip and that can be physical like mm, I, I read about in the book that you had a couple of times that uh, you went overboard that uh, with, uh, <laughs> with the kayak for some reason. So um, tell us a little bit about that and what effect it, it had on you personally when that happened. Thank you. That's an interesting question. Um, we did have challenges some of the challenges were weather related. Um, as you can imagine, you can't be on a river for five months without rain and some thunder and lightning and um, adverse weather. 
and water conditions. So we had some flooding on the river. Um, the upper river, when we were probably in the first two months, the water level was very high from spring melt and from all the tributaries that open up into the Mississippi. Um, and so we had some issues with that. And because of the fast water, yes, we did have issues with the kayak. Um, it's a 20 foot long wooden kayak. And um, the rapids in the upper Mississippi were pretty hard on us. Uh, we got so that we could navigate them fairly well, um, but we did tip over once um, in the rapids and once under a bridge that my husband couldn't fit under because he's so tall. And then, uh, and we put a hole in the boat in the bottom of the boat once um, in a rapids. And so yeah. we had to get off the river for a couple of days. We had wonderful people that we call river angels who helped us with most of those problems, helped us with um, finding out how to fix things and how to get back on the water, make sure that we weren't late for our, for our next volunteer position. Okay. Yes. Um, it's all nature and uh, you can't, of course, uh, know in advance what's going to happen and having high water in the river in one way might sound good because then you might have enough water under your keel that you can go over the rocks. But mm. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's not mm. always easy to maneuver from where you are from A to B. I, um, my family, we love to kayak, but we only do it for two or three hours, uh, you know, but it's always fun to do. So I have a little bit an idea of when you say, okay, um, why things can happen on such a trip. And uh, you, you both did this for much longer as uh, an afternoon that me and my, my siblings do. Um, yes, uh, it, it's, uh, of course, um, you, you do the, uh, the kayaking, the activity, but, uh, sometimes it's good to have helping hands. And especially, I think, yeah, when you mentioned, uh, if your boat has a hole, then you can't go much further anymore when that happens. And, uh, that's, uh, um, yeah, then you're happy, really, that there are people around that can uh, help you figure things out, isn't it? Yes, we had river angels all the way. Um, we had people who encouraged us. We had people who brought us to their homes for dinner. Um, and even overnight, we had people who offered us encouragement and generosity. Um, we had one man who wrote to us after he read about us in a newspaper article. And he wrote and he said, I'd really love you to stop at my home for the night. And I will give her, I'll give you a steak dinner, which sounded really good at the time we were eating dehydrated foods. And he said, um, I'll, you can stay overnight and we'll do your laundry. And he said, all I ask in return is for you to talk to my two children about how important it is to volunteer and serve others. And I thought to myself as a teacher, you know, what could be more important to me than talking to kids about how important it is to help other people and how they're probably already doing it um, in many different ways. So that was a delightful evening, but something that even was 
uh, made it a little better was that during that night, there were severe storms and we would have been in a campsite and a tent during those storms. And instead we were in a beautiful um, guest suite and we were watching the hockey tournament, Uh (laughs) which was unbelievable that all of this had just happened because he read about us and because he volunteered and felt so strongly about having his children meet us. Things like that. And we had stories, wonderful stories about how people help others because of their passion, how they follow their hearts and how they care about others. Yes, uh, and that is, uh, I, 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 you're touching here about something that I think is important, no matter uh, what you do in life, um, is to discover how you as a person can help other people by um, giving some of your time um, and all your knowledge um, and, and um, make life easier, make life better, more joyful. I I love the stories that I hear from you, especially um, from uh, that there are so many uh, along the way, so many places where you could help, but also that from the other direction, there were a lot of people that were helping you. Like this gentleman, it was divine uh, intervention that he... Um, uh, opened up his house for you at that particular day. So, um, yes, volunteering, that's really where I would like to talk a little bit more with you about is, uh, I think, a, a, a big part of your trip. And I think it's also something that I see as um, a good way for seniors or women that are retiring to look at how they can feel that they do something that is meaningful or that has a purpose in life. Um, Tell us a little bit more about uh, how you went about finding out about those charities. What did you do? Well, the first half of the trip, I was on the internet. My husband was making an itinerary, so I knew which towns we would be stopping near. And then um, I would look for nonprofits that were near the river, of course, because we didn't have a vehicle other than the boat. So we'd have to be able to get to them from the river. So then I would email them. I'd find out as much as I could about them online and email them and tell them what date we were planning on being there and ask them if they're interested in having us stop and work for a day or two with them and then blog about what they do and connect their website to our website so that people could reach them to volunteer or to donate. Um, Almost every one of them wanted us to stop and some of them told others about us and they wanted us to stop. So we didn't have any trouble finding places to highlight and we really enjoyed trying to get a variety. So we we um, stopped with Fishing Has No Boundaries, which is um, uh, an organization that erases barriers for people to fish. Um, camp Confidence, which was cognitively disabled camp, homeless shelters, food pantries, clothing programs, no-kill shelters, Big Brothers, Big Sisters organizations. 
And we try to get a wide variety so that our readers and followers would be able to see what different passions are out there and what different organizations support people. And I think that's a big thing. In I learned that that's a big thing in volunteering is to have a passion and a talent, a God-given talent for what you want to volunteer to do. You know, it has to be something that you really enjoy doing and enjoy giving to others. And we saw that over and over and over again displayed by the volunteers in these organizations. Yes. Uh, Jim, you said it's something that you uh, uh, enjoy doing uh, when you volunteer. And uh, often we don't realize what that is until we actually go and do it. And um, by uh, talking or writing uh, on your blog about the different types of volunteer work that are possible and there are numerous ones uh, that uh, that you can be a part of. And like you did, you can do something for one or two days and then move on. Or you can be involved in, uh, in a different way and say, okay, I go one day a week or something, depending on, of course, what your regular lifestyle is. And um, you, there might be even things that you can do from home. So you don't have to go to a facility or another place or um, and are still able to to do volunteer work. Um, for example, you could do um, manning the phones or something or like I am at the moment, I'm part of a board that is organizing uh, a charity walk. So the majority mm-hmm. of time it's virtual meetings. So I I can do this from my home whenever I have time. The only time that I will be out and about is when we do the actual walk. That's, of course, then you need to be there. But there is uh, plenty of of ways to include some volunteer work in your your life. Um, When you talk about it right now, what do you think are some of the the, the real benefits for older women who are single or even not, and who are looking for uh, volunteer work? Oh, I think there are many. Um, I think that one of them is that you can use your talents. It feels great to use your talents for something. And especially when you're using them for someone else, you may have, um, we all as retirees, you were using our talents for our jobs that we retired from. And it's a way to um, to continue to use those gifts. Another thing is that, you know, when you bless others, you bless yourselves. And I believe that actually blessings go both ways, um, sometimes much more than you think. You know, you might be thinking someone's just helping you when you're actually... Um, also, it's also helping them. And you find that out years later or not at all. But many people we met um, talked to us about how maybe if they were at a clothing shelter, how they used to bring clothing there until their circumstances turned dire and they had need of it. You know, we're all together in this world and we're all together in this life. Um, volunteering helps to connect you as well to other people that are positive people, generous people. 
and people who are encouraging. And we all need that. I think today there is so much of the opposite that we are exposed to on television and sometimes, you know, even in our circles of, of um, people that we know. And it's really nice to, to work together side by side with people for a common purpose, um, a common, a common passion and to see what one person can do to see what a group of people can do when they get together to help each other and get something done, something accomplished that's important. Yes, yes, yes. That's the thing. Uh, I think that's one of the big reasons uh, why, why I like to volunteer myself um, is that um, you do something together for a common interest. And that's already something that um, gives you a certain connection with the people that that you meet, that you do things together with, um, because you value what that particular nonprofit or charity organization is doing. You see uh, the purpose of that charity, and you think, okay, that's a great reason to help or to donate money. But the donate money type, if it's the easy way of helping, uh, spending some time and some um, you call talents or skills or uh, experiences together mm -hmm. is another way of um, helping an organization to fulfill their mission of what I do, a charity organization. So um, that is the big, biggest uh, reason, I think, how you can build connections with people and help. And um, by being out there, um, it usually feels good when you see that you are doing good in, in the world. All of it. All of it is important. You know, yes. the, donating, the donating is important too. There are people that don't have a lot of extra time to spend and, you know, donating is a way that they can help. And of that's course. very important too. So um, I would say that there isn't anything that's really a negative to it. There are so many different positives. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it, it all uh, is necessary in order for the charities to, to do what they um our, uh what their mission is so mm -hmm. um yes so that's a part of uh of something that you can look in when you are retiring and say okay i don't know what i want to do um uh, what can i do and how can i find out and i hope um uh, that our conversation um gave some ideas on, on what is possible so you do uh, volunteer now uh, after your uh, big kayak tour too, isn't it? I do. I, I do a lot of volunteering through my church. Um, we have a, a day that I help organize called In As Much Day when we look at organizations that are in our own community and we try to go outside of our church and we do projects with them. Uh, we also host, my husband and I host travelers through the Warm Showers organization because we were hosted by so many lovely people along the river that we host bicycle travelers along the bike trail where we live. Um, and we host travelers that are 
going on their own from one coast to the other, or just maybe even traveling around in our state um, and give them a place to stay and a warm shower and feed them. Um, because hospitality is something that we feel called to do too after our kayak trip. Yeah. And then we get involved in many fundraisers. Um, Outreach for Hope is a bicycle fundraiser and the Great Cycle Challenge raises money for the Children's Cancer Research Fund. So we like to be active in walking and biking and, and doing things like that. In addition to, um, because I was a teacher and I love working with children, um, that's one of my passions. I work with children whose families are feeling grief for some kind of separation. It could be a death or a divorce or um, someone working, someone leaving to work in the service. Um, and that organization is called Healing Hearts. And it's an organization that just accompanies families that are going through grief and talks with them about yeah. um, strategies. Nice, nice. Um, I, I like that uh, a lot, especially um, because as you, you mentioned, sometimes you can use your skills from uh, a job that you have in a different way and have an impact on other people by just being there, by um, sometimes um, have a listening ear or uh, spend time with them so they can be heard and seen. So that is such a, a big piece of uh, volunteering too with children, with older people, um, it's, uh, uh, there are many people who will appreciate you for what you are doing. So, but I want to start, uh, wrapping this up. I have you, uh, while you, uh, after the trip, you wrote a book about a whole kayak tour. So, uh, what were your thoughts about a writing the book, your memoir, as they say in, in French, and uh, so tell us a little bit more about it. What impact had that on your uh, retirement purpose? Oh, my. Uh, thank you for that question. It certainly impacted my retirement and gave me another thing to do in my retirement that I would highly suggest for any of your listeners who are interested in writing. Um, I was a reader and a writer, a teacher of reading and writing but I had not published anything myself. And, and through doing the book, because I was passionate about that idea, you know, I committed to writing that and, and it got me into a writing community. Um, I got a chance to publish some work. I got a chance to meet with readers, which is one of my greatest joys. Um, got a chance to see more about how it works and learn more about what, I have to offer and what we as retirees have to offer. We have such great, interesting stories because we've lived such great, interesting lives, sometimes hard. Um, we've dealt with many experiences and other people are interested in reading those. Yeah. So if any of your readers would like to learn more about it, um, I would encourage them just to start, start writing your memories, start writing a journal. Um, if you have fiction ideas, start writing them down. Um, find a community of writers to help you and encourage you and give you feedback. 
Um, I found a community in All Writers um, Workplace and Workshop here in Waukesha, but they're online as well. Um, and be open to trying new things. I learned after I wrote my book and I was out, you know, doing some marketing, I learned that my favorite part is actually the the community of writers. And I learned from all the people that I work with. And I had so many of them that were writing fabulous poetry that I thought, you know, maybe I'll give that a try. And so <laughs> you may be surprised at what um, you can do and what kinds of new joys you find um, when you try something new in retirement, because we have time to do it now. Yes. I like that what you say, try something new in retirement, uh, because often uh, we have a little bit of fear of trying something new, something that we have not done before, um, mm-hmm. uh, because we don't know if we like it and uh, how much time does it cost money and all those questions that we have. And I was never a good writer for me, for example, my essays, I, I never got really high marks. But uh, sometimes um, you have to be uh, courageous and do that first step and just see how it goes. And if it doesn't go well, or you say, okay, no, this is not for me, then there's nothing lost. You tried it out. It was not for you. <laughs> then try something else. If it's not writing, you might be uh, somebody who could um, do um, music or other art forms. Um, there are so many things how you can be creative uh, when you retire and just look at what you liked to do in your childhood or when you went to elementary school, mm-hmm. what were your favorite subjects there and see if there's something that sparks uh, a renewed interest and uh, a talent in you. So, um, yes. Um, how can the listener get in touch with you if they have questions about um, planning a long trip or about volunteering or about writing the book? Um, tell the uh, our audience um, how they can get in touch with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, my website, the website for the book itself is www.paddleforapurpose.net. And you can contact me through that. I also have an author's website, www.barbgeiger.com. And there's a contact form on that. If you'd like to email me personally with questions or personal correspondence, my email is bgeiger1 at gmail.com. Okay. So get in touch with me through any of those ways. Yes, I will, um, of course, uh, put in the notes, the details that you just gave about the websites and where they can purchase the book if they want. I believe um, you are donating some of the profits to the charities that you visited, isn't it? I'm actually donating all of them because oh, okay, I, all of it. Yes, I thought about donating a certain amount from each book, and then I thought, you know what? This is God's trip. This is the the purpose of the whole trip was the volunteering and the charities, and so I didn't really want to take any. So if I write other books, maybe I'll get some something. <laughs> but 
Um, but this one is for that purpose. So each awesome. year, my husband and I figure out how much money we made off of the author's portion of the book. And then we write checks to the organizations that were along the river. Cool, cool. I like that. I like that. That's uh, I, I want to make sure that our listeners get that uh, information so that when you buy the book, um, the money um, is uh, going to one of the many charities that Bob and her husband visited during the kayak trip that I did. So yes. I thank you. Barbara, for being on this call. I had so much fun listening to uh, the preparations and what all happened. And I, for me, it's uh, a great inspiration to look at my retirement and see what kind of adventure that I want to do in, <laughs> in this next chapter in my life. Thank you for uh, joining me today and, and talking about uh, the things that are important to you. Thank you, Maria, for having me. It's been a delight to chat with you and I wish you well always. Okay. Thank you so much, listeners. This is the end of this episode. As you know, I will do a uh, record a new episode every month and it's published on the last Wednesday of the month. There will be a new one in August. So if you have any comments, please feel free to um, post them on any of the big platforms. Or if you have any questions or a topic suggestion, feel free to send me an email at maria at blissful-retirement.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.